Pick a lane. Pick a lane. It's like Mr. Miyagi. Walk down left-hand side of road. Squish. Walk down. Or, no, walk down left-hand <laughs> side of road. Fine. Right-hand side of road. Fine. Middle road. Squish. Like bug. <laughs> back everybody this week's bonus episode of the dcl duo podcast and uh my special guest this evening is my wonderful and lovely co-host samantha <laughs> so sam you want to say hi to everybody out there hi everyone <laughs> you're a regular now in the bonus episode yes I now i am but i'm going to continue to introduce you because i will say our last episode about your experience in quarantine has become in a few days, one of our most listened to episodes ever on the show. So we want people to know that the fabulous co-host of this show is Samantha. So yes. You're welcome. We have been joking that the next experience we need to have on board the cruise is for Sam to get arrested so that she can <laughs> experience the brig. Uh, but then, you know, that feels like a series ender for us because I have a feeling we'd be banned from Disney Cruise Line for life. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's if we if we ever want to end the podcast and we want to do it on a, you know, we want to go all out, then that'll be the, the series finale. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to jump overboard at some point to just, you know, let you know what the search and rescue mission looks like from uh, from Disney Cruise Line. But no, we're not doing that. So. <laughs> so, we did not willingly experience COVID on board. We wanted to do a quick Q&A episode as a follow-up to our quarantine episode because we did get a lot of response to that episode. And I think there's just some things that we wanted to clarify and also a lot of questions that we got and you know some repeat questions that we thought were worth addressing here that we just didn't have the time to or didn't think about addressing in the show when we recorded it. I wanted to put a call to action out just around two things before we dive into the questions that we wanted to answer. The first is we did have a listener reach out to us and say that they found so much value in hearing the experience that they really hoped that we might write it up and get it published out somewhere on a blog. And I posted on Twitter yesterday a link out to a blog post that we have up on our website, dclduo.com. It's published there because, uh, just be candid with our listeners, we reached out to several blogs I did, that I, I'm not going to name. I don't want to call people out for this. But the response that we got fairly uniformly from some of the blogs we reached out to was that they just didn't want to wade into this question in part because they didn't want to turn people off from cruising. And I find that to be concerning because I think information is empowering. And I certainly would have loved to have had heard from people who had had this experience before we started back to sailing when the cruise line returned to sailing. And so we just think it's it's valuable for people to understand that what if scenario. Uh, so, you know, our call to action really is it's on our blog. Our blog is small and we don't invest as much time in our blog as we do this show and, and you know, trying to put videos out. We're a two-person operation here and we have day jobs. And so we're not travel agents. This isn't a place where we invest all of our time. And so if you are out there and you have a network of people or a blog that you like to read, please help us amplify this message. Either share the post or share these episodes out. We encourage people to share them further. We just really want this information to be out in the cruising community so that as people are planning to cruise, which look, we're going to sail again. We're sailing again in July. It just this whole experience has made us really, really, really think extra hard about backup plans and what we would do if we 
you experience this again. I think it's just also valuable for people to know what Disney's response was. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second as part of the Q&A, but yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as we said in our last episode, this is not going to, this experience is not going to stop us from cruising, but it makes us think a little bit more about, you know, how are we going to get home? What is the, what is the plan B or even plan C if something does happen that impacts our trip? Yeah, exactly. And I, it, I want to take this second before we get to our second call to action, just to clarify something in there, which is that we did get a couple comments from people that were like, well, Disney did right by you. And so, you know, you shouldn't be upset. And I, I want to be super clear. Uh, I'm not like angry with Disney, but we are a balanced show. And we believe in calling Disney out when we see things that they're doing that we disagree with. We're not travel agents. And so we're not here to sell you on a Disney Cruise Line experience. We're here to share our own experiences and the stories of our guests to help you understand if a Disney cruise is right for you and frankly, whether a Disney cruise is right for you right now. And so I think Disney has relaxed a lot of their protocols. And in both our blog post and our last show, uh, we were critical of them over the choice to relax the protocols that they had in the way that they did and how that was communicated, because I think it may impact some people's decision whether to cruise right now. I want to be very clear. I don't think Disney is out of step with cruise lines in general and relaxing these protocols. I do think, however, Disney caters to a very specific audience of families, families with young kids, some of whom are not eligible to be vaccinated right now. And at the same time, you know, we compare Disney to Royal Caribbean and Carnival on this show. But let's be clear, you're paying a lot less to go on a Carnival or a Royal Caribbean cruise. You're paying a lot more to get a Disney class of premium experience. And so when I think about safety within the category of premium class, I expect perhaps a little bit more. And just right now, I think Disney's keeping pace with the other cruise lines, and that's fine. Again, won't deter us from cruising, but will make us think a lot longer <laughs> about whether we need a rental car reservation to get us home from Orlando the next time, or whether we should explore trip insurance that has some sort of repatriation and evacuation coverage. So, and we'll get into that in a second as well. So, not calling Disney to the mat and saying either that. They caused us to get COVID because we made some of our own choices on board, to be clear, or that they were inappropriate and in how they responded to what happened to us, especially after we got off. I do think that there were some gaps in their protocols. I would love, love, love to see them close until we are more confident that, frankly, this uh, COVID virus is not something that we have to continue to really be worried about day to day. But second, right now, if you report, and we said this, if you report, it is a complete interruption of your trip. And so if you're going to have that kind of trip interruption while multiple people are passing COVID around on board, then I, you know, it's 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 gotta be one or the other. Either we are preventing transmission of this disease at all costs and implementing the protocols to do that, or we're just not, and we're gonna say people get sick on board, but that's not a reason to end your vacation in the way that uh, if you get a cold on board. So it, it, there's just two conflicting messages there. I'm not saying I agree with one or the other. I just feel like we need to pick one. Pick a lane. Pick a lane. <laughs> it's like Mr. Miyagi. Walk down left-hand side of road, squish. Walk down or, no, walk down left-hand <laughs> side of road, fine. Right-hand side of road, fine. Middle road, squish like bug. So like, that's <laughs> that's where we are right now. We feel like in the travel experience is pre this last sailing, there were lots of protocols in place that we found really effective. And we did 
what, six cruises, Sam, without getting COVID? Yeah. Yeah. And so this one is the one we did, and it happens to coincide with all the relaxation of protocols. That That's a data point for me. Look, the second call to action I want to make really quick is we have a lot of folks who listen to our last episode, a lot of you out there listening to our last episode, uh, or the, uh, episode 200, I should say, because we have another episode out since. Look, please, 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 we love the feedback. We love the engagement, but we would also love for you, if you find that information valuable and you want us to keep doing it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Please, please, please. We share these experiences out. We don't make money off the show, but we do want to make sure that we're creating a community that and, and providing information that people value. And the only way we know that is if you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us one of those five-star reviews. If you leave us something written, we read those reviews on the air at the end of the show every week, and we're happy to share those reviews out. But if you just want to click the five stars over there, it just it helps us a lot. It helps us know that we're connecting with you and you find this show and our information valuable. But with that, we want to get into the Q&A. And the biggest question that we got was, did you have trip insurance? And the answer, Sam, was? Yes and no. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is, yes, we have trip insurance uh, that we maintain for our family generally. But no, we did not have trip insurance through Disney Cruise Line. And then the second part of that answer is, no, we did not use our trip insurance to get reimbursed for the costs of the our I'll call it trip interruption because Disney on its own reached out to us uh, Disney Cruise Line corporate so somebody from Orlando reached out to us directly uh, and made that explicit offer or explicit statement that they would reimburse us for all of those those trip interruption costs and the cost to travel home. Yeah. And so just to clarify, we we have, as Sam mentioned, we have what is called annual trip insurance that we have purchased through a company called Allianz. And I'm not recommending or discouraging using them as an insurance provider. I just call it out that we have an annualized policy. And so that annual policy covers all of our travel. Right now, it's it's if you're going to look into trip insurance, you need to understand whether the policies will cover COVID and what they will cover from COVID. So some policies will treat COVID like just any other illness. And you'll get what I'll call medical evacuation kinds of coverage, which just be clear, medical evacuation is not going to take you from Orlando to Seattle. It's going to get you from wherever you are to the closest medical facility suitable to treat your condition in most cases. We did have on that point, we did have a listener reach out to point us toward an insurance. I think it's called COVAC, C-O-V-A-C, that does... COVID-specific medical evacuation and repatriation, but from wherever you are to your home, or your at least your home... Home city. Home city, yeah. But I want to call out, I did some digging into that, and they have changed their coverage over time to the point where it now essentially, unless you are at a high risk of being hospitalized, they are just going to support you in quarantining in place and give you a daily stipend to support that, that, you know, frankly... Is I think it's five hundred dollars a day. I don't know if that's per person or incident. It's five hundred dollars per incident is not going to be enough probably to really cover you and your family for like a a decent hotel room in New York or or London, right? Decent varies, but you you know what I mean. So you're still going to have the interruption issues a little bit. Our policy, I don't believe our annual policy would cover. The trip interruption things that we experienced due to COVID because the insurance views it as a foreseeable 
risk uh, in the current climate. And so I even if we had tried to submit this to our annual insurance, I don't think they would have paid it. So this was really Disney just stepping in and doing the right thing. Uh, the last note I'll give you is as you think about coverage, Disney does offer coverage. It is expensive. I have heard from several people that it is probably not worth the price. And there are other insurance providers out there who have better coverage for less and that the They can cover COVID. Just do your research. Make sure you talk to the company. Make sure you understand what's covered versus not. But if you are wanting to put the Disney insurance on your cruise, for those not sailing in concierge, my understanding is you have up until pay in full to add that insurance to your sailing. For any of you out there who happen to be sailing concierge, you must apply the insurance at the time you book and the deposit is paid. There is no ability to add it afterwards. So if you are thinking about insurance right now, just recognize you need to make decisions up front and you need to have a plan B. And you need to do a lot of research on the insurance a lot policy. Of research. So the the I'm going to piggyback on this question because we had another question uh, through I think it was through one of our Facebook posts, and it might have been even in our Facebook group asking how much of what Disney did do you think had to do with the fact that you were booked in concierge? So I wasn't I'm not sure if the question was directed to what was what we what happened to us on board versus what happened to us after. I'm kind of assuming they're talking about the reimbursement after. And I will say, I believe none of that had to do with us being concierge guests. I think just for the pure fact of I contracted COVID on the cruise, tested positive on the cruise and was put into quarantine on the cruise. So meaning none of this happened after we got off. That's why Disney made the decision. And of course, I'm not inside their heads, but that's what I'm presuming. That's why Disney offered uh, to pay for our all of our travel expenses and trip interruption. And I kind of want to address a secondary question in there that uh, I, a few comments from folks I've talked to offline that are just friends with us kind of made the comment, well, you know, Disney should want to keep you happy because you have some influence out in the Disney cruising community. I honestly, so a couple of things. One, we've never had direct contact with Disney Cruise Line apart from being guests on the ship and, you know, dealing with them over those kinds of issues. Disney's never offered to pay for us to go on a cruise. And quite frankly, I want to be very clear, nor would I at this point in time be willing to accept such an offer because I'm not interested in being limited in the opinions that we can provide about the cruise line. Uh, you know, we're not getting offered to go on the wish for free. Like I see some other folks out in the community getting those offers through, you know, being travel agents and having podcasts that are affiliated with travel agents. That's not something that we've gotten. We've expressly aligned ourselves with a travel agency, but it's one that, you know, we feel has a track record of honesty and consumer focus. And so that was a deliberate and intentional act on our part. So I don't think Disney corporate looked at this and went, oh my God, we've got some sort of influencer. We need to make sure we keep them happy. And certainly if that was their intent, I'm not sure that we fulfilled their ideal. Uh, We'll be very (laughs) complimentary of what Disney did for us after the cruise. I cannot stress that enough. We had someone today comment, well, you know, I mean, Disney did everything right after you sailed. So I don't think you should be upset. Not Again, not upset, (laughs) not upset, Uh, just critical. I have some I have some criticism of what they were doing leading up to the cruise, how they message certain things, the timing of that, the ability for people to make decisions. You know, we called this out in the blog post. To date, Disney has announced any protocol change with sufficient time for people to then make a decision about, well, I actually don't want to cruise right now because of that protocol change, right? And and then given people the ability to cancel cruise, they announced the lifting of social distancing restrictions on board while we were on our first cruise and it would apply to our second cruise. I can't make reasonable decisions 
about that in that moment. And I think they made it at a time when a lot of people had spring break plans. Like, what are they? So I, I would have liked to have seen Disney say, we're making this change 30 days from now. Anyone who doesn't like it can call in and rebook or receive a refund of their cruise. I, I think that that's a fair thing to do in this moment because uh, it seems like Disney's treating it all as, well, as we applied restrictions, we knew people would be upset. So we want to give them choice. But as we lift restrictions, everyone will be great. And that's just not the world we live in today. It's just not. People are making decisions about safety based on their own personal comfort. And a lot of people book cruises with Disney because they had a higher level of protection. And so as they drop that, I think they need to give those same people the opportunity to say, that changes my mind. And I I didn't feel like we really had that opportunity, nor do I think anyone on that sailing, that second sailing we're on really had that opportunity based on when Disney made their announcement. So that we're, we're critical of them about that. I don't think Disney did this because we were influencers. I frankly don't even think that they know that. I don't, they don't know that. So they I, don't know. I, they don't know us from Adam on board. We're not Pete Werner. We're not Scott Sanders. We're not any of these people. We're not getting free champagne in the room because we have a, a well-respected, you know, influencer community or something like and, that. And I, and I'll, I want to be clear that every time I've talked to someone at, at, the cruise line corporate office. I have never mentioned our podcast. Um, Nor would we. I would never drop. Nope. Do you know who I am? Because nope. I'm nobody. <laughs> I, in, fact, in fact, I want. I mean, I want to be clear. I, we want to be nobody on board these ships because we want to be able to relay what we experienced. Because it should be what you experience. So it, when it comes to this compensation element, I truly now expect Disney to follow through with that for anyone who has this experience on board the cruise line. And if they don't, then I would be very disappointed for being treated differently. I will give one caveat, which is, look, we do spend a lot of money with Disney Cruise Line, especially now that we have made the shift over to sailing, I would say primarily in concierge. I cannot discount that someone at corporate got the report about the onboard test, pulled up our reservation, looked at our spend with Disney and said, these are people that maybe we do need to keep happy because they've invested a lot of money with us and we've got a lot have a lot of money tied up with us in the future. I won't discount that that might have happened, but based on the timing of everything, it, that, that also feels somewhat unlikely to me. Yeah. I, I personally don't think that was the case. The one thing I did mention in response to that question online was the only difference I think I got in treatment when I was in quarantine on board is when I asked for tea, they said that they would have someone from concierge make up, you know, sort of a plate of for with the tea fixins for me. And when it got the, when the tea got delivered, it was the tea f- that you find in the, it's a slightly different uh, tea brand and it's in those like fabric bags instead of in the, the normal tea bags. And so I know that that came from concierge because it was on like a concierge plate, but everything else I got was on, you know, regular room service plates. If I, I guess I could have probably asked for the tea sandwiches from the concierge lounge while I was in quarantine. I wasn't all that hungry, to be perfectly honest. I was pretty sick at that point. So um, I didn't, but the way that I was treated, I think on board in quarantine was like any other guest would have been treated while in quarantine. Now that it was different from how I believe employees crew were being treated in that I I got different. I think I had different, um, you know, as I said, I had different like food plates. (laughs) The plates came to me, they were room service plates. What I noticed in the hallway outside of the other rooms were like paper plates, basically. All right, we're taking a quick pause here and excited to welcome a new show sponsor to our show who's going to be sponsoring our bonus episodes, at least for the next couple of months, and that is Blisslets. And so if you've not heard of Blisslets before, 
First, you're probably going to be seeing them on board the Disney ships here pretty soon and being sold in the Disney stores. They are a fabulous alternative to C-Band. So Sam got a chance to check them out on our last cruise. They were kind enough to send her a couple of pairs to try out. Sam suffers from some seasickness and motion sickness at times and has used C-Bands in the past to try and alleviate that. And so she decided to give these blisslets a try. The two things Sam loved most about her blisslets were, one, they're a much more stylish alternative to the traditional C-Bands, but two, they also were better constructed. Uh, She said that she felt like they would hold up a lot better to the wear and tear on board than uh, the C-Bands would. So she really liked them. They had a lot of great styles, even have some in leather. Uh, And so really, really nice product that she enjoyed. And she can't wait to try them out again on our cruise coming up here soon. So if you are a traditional C-Bands user, but you're looking for something that's just maybe a little bit nicer to wear on board the ship, then head over to blisslets.com and check them out. We highly recommend them. And Sam's really enjoyed the product so far. So head over there, check them out. And thanks to Blisslets for sponsoring this bonus show. So we did get some questions about all of them all together is like testing. So I wanted to comment on a few of the, the questions around testing. I, I wanted to, to rewind for a second to the comment that we made about and, and the criticism that we've made of Disney about switching to antigen testing. And just to make sure I, what I'm going to put out is my understanding of the various kinds of testing and then smarter people than me out in the community can tell me that I am wrong, especially if they are doctors, which we know we have listening to this show. But really, there are kind of three kinds of COVID testing that we're all familiar with these days. One is this like at-home antigen testing where you, in the UK, I think they call them lateral flow tests. But you know, you swab your nose, you stick it in some liquid, you put some drops down on a little, what looks like like a pregnancy testing thing, and then it laterally flows up the testing strip and two lines means you're positive and just the control line means you're, you know, you're supposedly negative. That kind of testing is generally regarded as less sensitive, less accurate, especially when it comes to negative tests. Positive symptomatic tests are generally, and in, in, in antigen testing are pretty much regarded as accurate. Negative tests, can they, get, they generate a lot more false negatives. And that's important, I think, when we think about the switch from the kinds of PCR testing that Disney used to do, which there, there are two kinds, just to put those on the table. One is this kind of lab-based PCR where you go someplace, they take the sample, they send it off, and they're doing kind of a traditional PCR test that can take several days to return the result. There is also a rapid kind of PCR test, sometimes called an NAAT test, a nucleic amplification something something. <laughs> those are those are rapid PCRs that generate results in about 20 to 30 minutes. That was what Disney was using at the port prior. Uh, I have read articles. I don't know that this is true. I'm not a doctor, but I've read articles. Those tests are actually the most sensitive. They just were not used widely with the public in the beginning of the pandemic because they had been reserved for healthcare providers who needed to test you know, daily. Think ER nurses caring for COVID patients. You know, that's what they were testing daily using those. They needed rapid results, but they're actually very, very, very accurate in some cases, I think their build is being even more accurate than a lab-based PCR test. Disney was using those rapid PCRs at the port. And those PCRs are looking for any remnant of COVID in you. And if you if they have if they find it and they find it in sufficient quantity, then you're positive. Antigen testing or lateral flow testing is looking for your body's immune response to COVID, which can take days to trigger. You can be asymptomatic. Sam tested, as we said on the show, negative the morning of on the antigen test. 
but positive on a PCR test. And that was like maybe an hour later that the test was taken. We're not talking about like much later in the day. It was, yeah, maybe an hour, hour and a half later that the, between the two tests. And the sensitivity of the PCR tests that Disney uses, the reason why they have the 90-day recovered process, because those tests can detect COVID in people for up to 90 days after their initial infection and, you know, recovery. And so those tests are really accurate. They're going to tell you if someone potentially has COVID who's getting on board the ships. And I think that they were a great line of defense. I suspect Disney made the change they did because sailings went from like 300, 400, 700 to 1300, 1900. So the incremental cost of each test is higher. And also it's the difference between a 10 to 15 minute antigen test versus a 30 minute PCR test in terms of the waiting for boarding. So as we said in the show, I totally get why they made this shift, but I just want people to understand it is much more likely that people are getting on your boat after having taken an antigen test who may actually have COVID and may even have mild symptoms of COVID at the time they take the test that just, you know, they'll test negative and they're able to get get on the ship. So I think people, I, 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 I'm kind of somewhat critical of Disney for this, but I go back to my original comment, which is just, you need to know that that's the case because then if you get it, you have this interruption issue. And so it's the environment is becoming incrementally tolerant of people catching COVID, which based on my experience, totally just my experience and our experience with the illness, it was not, it was not terrible. It was not great. I would not wish it on anyone. It was not great, but it was not terrible. It was probably for me, borderline bad cold for Sam, something more like a mild flu, you know, so don't wish it on anybody, but we don't exclude people from activities on board a ship because they have a cold or a flu. One other thing to say on testing, we did get some questions because I think we've mentioned a few times that we've tested since getting COVID and is that required and why are we doing that? We have very specifically been getting PCR tests since we got sick because we have the sailing in July on the WISH and we want to use the 90-day recovered process. And so we are working through that process right now. Nathan and I both have had positive PCR tests within the 90 days of both of our sailings in July and have since worked with our physicians. Well, we worked for Nathan, (laughs) but but since worked with our physicians to get recovery letters. And so we have those and the positive test results that we can provide to Disney. And hopefully they'll be sufficient to uh, exclude us from testing at the port for those trips. Uh, Sam is waiting to see if she has a positive test result or not. So that's why we've been testing. It has nothing to do with us wanting to understand anything about our condition other than getting a positive test result for the 90-day process that Disney has. Once you're under current CDC guidance, if you isolate, quarantine for five days and then test negative, you're good to live your life. You know, just I think they recommend wearing a mask for the next five days. After 10 days, the CDC says you're not contagious and so live your life. And so even if you're testing positive after 10 days, especially on something like a PCR test, you're not actively contagious at that point in the CDC's estimation. And I am about two weeks and three days post my initial symptoms of COVID and I'm testing negative and on at-home tests thus far, but I do still have some symptoms. So, you know, it, it, I'm not uh, certainly not contagious anymore, but I do still have some lingering symptoms. Okay, so a couple of other questions we got asked were, have we had COVID prior to this cruise? The answer is no. We, we lasted two plus years of the pandemic before we, any of us got uh, COVID, as far as we know. We're, we're also 
all fully vaxxed and boosted to the extent that we can be. So Sam, Sam and I have both had three shots and Nathan has had two. I will say the time since my booster, so I got boosted in October. So I was about at the end of the kind of the six month efficacy window when things start to drop when we were on this cruise. Right. And I was boosted at the very beginning of November. Okay. So another question we were asked was whether or not we know, whether or not we we could have gotten COVID in Ensenada or, sorry, in Ensenada or Cabo, or I guess Catalina would be another possibility because we were on, you know, a back-to-back cruise. And I guess the answer is, yeah, it's possible, but is it likely? I would say no. It's much more likely that we caught COVID on the ship. On Catalina, we didn't spend any time with anyone else. It was just the three of us spending time together. We were mostly outdoors. Even the restaurant that we went to, we we didn't sit on the in the outdoor space on the deck, but we sat actually right next to the door. <laughs> and so, yeah, the our chances of exposure to somebody on land at any of the ports was really really slim. Well, at Catalina, I would say slim to none. And then Ensenada and Cabo, we we were fully masked. Ensenada, I'll say, because here's my take on this really quick. Like I don't, I don't ascribe that we got COVID from Disney. I don't know where we got it from. We clearly got it while we were on the cruise. There's no question that it came from the cruise. Could it have happened in a short excursion? Sure, because in Ensenada, we were in an enclosed bus with a bunch of people. Most of, I think, all of whom were masked. But so what? Like, I think, you know, you you think that Nathan and I caught COVID from you on the car ride home and we were wearing masks the whole time there, too. So it's possible we got it on that bus. It's possible that we got it eating indoors in Catalina, although I agree we were sitting right by the door. There was also and, a bus no ride. And no other tables in, were near us at that point either. Yeah. There was also a bus ride in Cabo, a short bus ride, but a bus ride nonetheless indoors. So, like, I, I don't want to say that, like, it's not possible. I think the headline for me here is it kind of doesn't matter because with the protocols that Disney had on board, you are clearly not the only person who got sick. And we know that. And from the Facebook group afterwards, we know that. And I haven't gone back actually to check the first cruise Facebook group to see if anyone reported testing positive after. But it, it kind of doesn't matter where we got it. The, the point of this is also that once, once we step back on board the ship and we have it, there's not really anything to prevent the transmission on board because masks are optional. And I think on the first cruise, 25% of people might have been wearing them. On the second cruise, it was probably closer to 10. And social distancing was completely eliminated on the second cruise. So everyone's sitting around indoors, mostly not wearing masks. So it, it kind of doesn't matter where we got it from the standpoint of the protocols of the cruise line. But I do think it is a strong likelihood that someone just got on the boat from the very beginning from 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 Jump Street, you know, passing an antigen test, but who, you know, was probably carrying the Omicron variant with them. So, well, and that's that's what I was going to say. I I think it's I I will say I think it's very unlikely we got it at one of the ports, and if we did, more likely we got it from somebody still from our ship. So I, I think it's most likely we got it on board, or I picked it up on board from somebody, and or I guess it's possible I picked it up in, on a, an excursion, but also from somebody who was on the cruise with us. Yeah, it, we did have in in Sonata when we were there on the first cruise. We were mixed with other cruise passengers who were not Disney. So you know, it's also possible it leapt across from a princess cruise over to Disney. I, I don't. We don't know. 
who patient zero was for all of this. Like, let's I'm be patient clear. zero in our households, but yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. That is that, that we that can, we, know. we can, yeah. yeah we can yeah, confidently sure. say so. that, that I was patient zero in our households because I was the first to be symptomatic and the first to test positive. Any other questions you wanted to address for folks? I, I have one. I have one other question. So someone asked from our April 3rd cruise, so the second cruise, is this why we kept getting notifications to go test if we had symptoms? Or it was actually the notification was in the app. Every morning you would get a notification in the app, like a message. It was from like guest services or whatever saying, if anyone in your party has COVID-like symptoms, please you know message uh, the health center. And they gave you the phone number for the health center. And the answer to that question is no. Me testing positive had nothing to do with those messages that people were getting. Those messages have been happening on board, I believe, since the restart or shortly after the restart, because we've had them on every cruise that we've been on. You get daily, daily they, a message they, in every the app. every morning. Yeah. So it doesn't matter which ship you're on. We know that the Wonder was in orange status, but we know even when other ships have been in green status, including the Wonder, we still get those messages every morning. So those messages had nothing to do with my infection specifically. Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. And the, I should say this, at least as of last. Last week, the wonder was back in green, which is great to hear. You know, that means that I think a lot of the crew had finally come out of isolation and quarantine. So that's that's fabulous to hear. So, well, I think we'll wrap it up there, Sam, unless you have any other questions that we didn't answer from listeners. Not that I know of, but if anyone you know sends us a question on social media, we will do our best to answer it. And if it's one word that we think a lot of people will want to know the answer to, we will put it out as a bonus episode or we will address it on a bonus episode. Otherwise, we'll just address it and answer it directly on social media. Well, thank you everyone out there for listening to this episode. As I said up front, it would be a tremendous help to us if you could just help us amplify this information out in the community so people know what to expect right now as they are sailing. We certainly hope that the COVID situation either changes or evolves or, or we embrace more of an endemic uh, mentality if that, if that is appropriate and warranted. But for now, we just wanted to share the experience so that people could understand, educate themselves. So please help us share that message. And if you're finding this information valuable, uh, we share these experiences. They're quite personal to us. Uh, we do that feeling like we have a safe community out there of people who are interested in this. And so if it's valuable to you, please head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us one of those reviews just to let us know that uh, this is information you want us to continue to share. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks and see you soon. Well, thanks as always for listening to our bonus episode this week. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have uh, suggestions for bonus content that we could put out, hey, let us know. Questions, people you'd like us to talk to, that sort of thing. We're always open to show suggestions, so just let us know. So with that, just thanks to everyone out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews. We love reading the reviews from our listeners and connecting with you in that way. And we love reading them on the main show each week. So head over, leave us those five-star reviews. We've got a few left to read, but we'll run out quickly. So don't miss your chance. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo blog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. If you'd like even more great content from the DCL Duo, you can browse over to youtube.com slash dclduo to see some of the videos we put up 
for our vacations. And if you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash DCL duo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for helping to defray the cost of the show each and every month. You can also support the show by browsing to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation. Just let them know the DCL duo sent you. The DCL duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney Cruise or Disney Vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.